The Vape Passion Show, episode 11. All right, welcome to The Vape Passion Show. This is episode 11. I'm your host, Alex Jewell, your resident vaping enthusiast, blogger, and reviewer at vapepassion.com. The show covers the latest news and research in the vaping industry and provides tips and advice for vapers of all levels. Show notes are found at vapepassion.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at vapepassion and Facebook, and all links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome to the show. It's raining right now here in Denver, Colorado, and I love the rain, so... It's really nice and the lawn needs it, so I'm happy about that. So just a little bit about what's going on with me. Uh, I updated my website a little bit, so I have a, a header image on the top now, make it a little bit more interesting. Um, I added some podcast links in the sidebar, so if you want to subscribe to the podcast either in Stitcher or iTunes, you can find those links there. And I also decided to set up a Patreon account, so if you're not familiar with Patreon, it's a way for, for people to donate funds to creators. I just thought it would be something I'd put up there for anyone who enjoys the show. So I don't make any money from doing this. I, I do use some affiliate links on some of my reviews and on my blog. And I do some ads, but I really don't make anything. Um, I think in the year that I've been doing this, I've made something like $60. So yeah, there's not there's not a lot of money in this for me. But So by setting up the Patreon account, maybe I can bring a little bit more money so that I can buy better camera equipment, better audio equipment. I would like to get more gear to, to review because I don't have a lot of people sending me stuff either. Mostly I get e-juice here and there, but not very often. And so I just thought it'd be a good way for anyone who wants to support the show or the vlog to contribute a little bit, but don't feel obligated because I'm gonna be doing this anyway for as long as I can. If you wanna find my Patreon page, you can go to patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash vape passion. Okay, so I got a couple of reviews coming up. So first, Vape Wild sent me some e-juice, a whole bunch of stuff here. Something like 13 bottles, I think. I'm really excited to try that out. I got a few bottles from Vapecraft Inc. They sent me two bottles from their Vape Sauce line and two bottles from their Vapors Anonymous line. And they also gave me two bottles to do a giveaway. So I'll be doing that soon. Keep an eye out for that. And I was also contacted by a company called Perfect Vape. They do wholesale e-juice, but they're starting to sell to the public. And they sent me 530ml bottles of some of their e-juices. I haven't tried any of these yet, but they smell really good. So I'm really excited to try those too. And then finally, I wanted to mention that I have a giveaways page on my website. Basically, it's just a page on my site where I curate all of the giveaways that I come across on other people's websites. So there are quite a few on there already. Uh, by the time you watch this or listen to this, there should be about 14, at least 14. I might add more by the time I publish this. But I update it fairly regularly, usually at least once per week. So go check that out. You can go to vapepassion.com giveaways. And tonight I'm vaping on the iStick 100 watt, which I've upgraded to the 120 watt version firmware. And the Aroma Miser on top with VapeWild's Frappa Pal. This was not in the box that they sent me. Late last year they had a, a holiday sample pack and this was one of them in there. It's supposed to be a chocolate caramel and espresso e-juice. It definitely tastes like an espresso. I'm not a big fan of it mainly because I like light roast and this to me tastes like a dark roast coffee. So it does taste like coffee. If you like dark roast, you'll probably like it. They said that a lot of the holiday flavors were gonna be limited time just for the holidays, but I see on their website that this one actually did make it into their regular rotation, so if you wanna order it, you can get it. Okay, so with that being said, let's just get right into it. So let's talk about advocacy. Safada.org just published a post saying that the US Senate might consider a ban of e-cigs in carry-on bags. So if you don't already know, e-cigs are already banned from being placed in checked luggage. You have to put them on carry-ons. But now, Senator Blumenthal, he's a Democrat of, in Connecticut, 
He is proposing an amendment that will expand the list of hazardous products to vapor devices and prohibit them from being carried on all flights. So this forces all eSIG users to leave their eSIGs at home. You can't take anything on the flight. Obviously, this is a big problem for any of you who are using your vaporizer to keep off of cigarettes because you can't take it with you, so you're not going to be able to use your vaporizer on the way to the plane, and you're not going to be able to use it when you get off. You're going to have to go buy another vaporizer. So the problem here is that that can be pretty expensive, and people might just end up going back to cigarettes, at least when they fly. So Safada is urging people to oppose SA3547. If you go to the website, which I'll have a link to in the show notes, they have a template that you can use to send an email to your senator. They've also included a link to find your senator in your state. And they make it real easy for you to be able to send this email off and explain to your senator why this is important to oppose. So I've already sent an email off to two senators in my state here in Colorado. So I did get a reply from each of them, but it was an automated response. I don't know if I'll actually get a, a real response from either of them, but it doesn't hurt to send something off real quick or give them a phone call. So definitely go take a look at that and do your part. All right, and I've got a couple of local alerts from CASA.org. So this first one is an alert for residents of Louisville, Kentucky. Mayor Greg Fisher announced that he and the Louisville Department of Public Health will be looking into a possible expansion of the city's smoking ordinance to include e-cigarettes. They say they're going to take the next six months to study the issue. So no meeting dates have been announced so far, but CASA is still encouraging Louisville residents to prepare for it. You can do that by informing the mayor and the health department about vapor products. If vaping products were included in the smoking ordinance, that would prohibit their use in thousands of workplaces and public spaces throughout the city. So if that's important to you, you should try and reach out to the mayor. CASA recommends simply introducing yourself and letting them know how important vaping is to you and how it will continue to be important to you down the line. They've also included some links to help you find and contact your Metro Council member and have provided talking points. And this next local alert is for Beaufort County, South Carolina. Here the County Council will be discussing an ordinance that would update the county smoking law to be more in line with the state's smoking law, so similar to the last one. CASA is not sure if they're actually targeting vapor products because the language of the proposal is so ambiguous but it does seem like it will include that, so something you should prepare for. CASA has included a list of all of the county council members in Beaufort County, as well as some talking points, so look that over and get in touch with those people. All right, and Alex Clark, he's the legislative coordinator of CASA, he did a post on vapenewsmagazine.com about what to do when you want to do more to protect vaping. He mentions that state legislatures have been in session for over a month now, and just in that short amount of time, they've already issued over 30 calls to action, and many of you have done that. But he says here that some people are still hungry for more ways to participate other than just sending emails. So he provides some tips here to do that. So one of the first things he mentions here is to register to vote. It's a fact that most vapor consumers in the US are using sigalikes or basic ego style devices. And those people might not be as educated about what's going on in this industry in regards to regulations and things like that. But there are still millions of consumers who purchase and use advanced devices. And just imagine the voting power we would have if just that group of advanced users were registered to vote and actually voted. Now what makes this important is that when you communicate with lawmakers in these calls to actions that CASA provides us, is that you can mention that you are a voter in their district. Okay, the next tip here is to request an in-person meeting when you make a call or send a written communication to a lawmaker. You might only end up speaking to a staff member, but even just having any kind of in-person meeting with a staff member 
sends a really powerful message. Okay, the next step here is to get the 10 million other vapor users in the United States, the people who are using basic devices, get them involved. One of the ways to do this is to work with your local vapor retailers, many of which are, who also aren't very involved or don't even know what's going on. One of the first things you can do, you can recommend some materials that they can post in their store. Uh, Kasa has some things that can be downloaded and printed out for free. You can go to bit.ly slash Kasa materials to find that stuff. And otherwise, just don't shop at stores that don't promote awareness and advocacy. And the final tip here is to share calls to actions and other bits of information to get the word out. So most of us have social and business networks that we frequent, and these are places that advocacy organizations can't reach by themselves. They, they depend on us to do it. So if you can share out some of these local alerts with your friends and family and business colleagues, you can spread awareness. There's nothing huge here, but it's all of these little things that add up and can have a really big impact. Okay, so that's it for advocacy. Let's move into science and research. I didn't see any studies come out this past week, but I did come across one article from AspenValleyVapes.com titled 10 Electronic Cigarette Studies That Everyone Should Read. They call out some really good studies here. Number one of the list is one of the most important. Vaping is about 95% safer than smoking cigarettes. A lot of you probably already know about this one, and this is one that I use all the time myself when I'm talking to people who don't know anything about vaping. What makes the results of that study so important is that it was done by Public Health England, which is a government organization in the UK. Alright, number two on the list, people that switched to vaping from cigarettes have seen major health improvements. There was a survey taken by a UK-based online e-cigarette company that investigated e-cigarette use for smoking cessation, changes in health status, and symptoms related to smoking. The data that they collected was analyzed by an independent university research team at the tobaccoharmreduction.org project. Based on the 303 people who submitted their survey results, they found that 91% had seen major improvements to their personal health, 97% saw reduction or total elimination of smoker's cough, 84% saw increased ability to exercise, 80% saw increase in smell, and 73% saw an increase in taste. So really good results there. Alright, number three, vaping has reduced tobacco-related death and diseases. This one is from the National Center for Biotechnology Information. They mentioned that vaping may be the greatest advance in reducing tobacco-attributable illness and death in decades. So this one isn't so much a study, but it's an article provided by NCBI based on what is already published. Number four, more kids get poisoned from toothpaste than e-liquids. A report from the American Association of Poison Control Centers shows that there are more kids being exposed to poisons from swallowing toothpaste or other cosmetic supplies compared to e-liquids. Number five, inhaling vape is just about the same as breathing regular room air. This one looks at a study published on Science Direct where they used a puffing machine to compare nicotine delivery and relative yields of chemical constituents. The machine showed that cigarette smoke delivered approximately 1,500 times more harmful and potentially harmful carcinogens compared to vaping or puffing room air. Number six, cigarette smoke contains more than 450 times the toxins than vapor. This was a study by Tobacco Control shows that vapor contains 450 times fewer carcinogens than cigarette smoke. And that study also showed that secondhand vapor is not harmful. Number seven, nicotine is not the problem, tobacco is. Dr. David Dominic found that nicotine can actually be beneficial for your health. It can help improve focus, concentration, motor skills, and even improve short-term memory. So if you don't already know, I quit smoking in 2010, and I quit vaping three months later, thanks to the electronic cigarette that I was using, and I haven't smoked or vaped in five years until last year in January for these exact reasons. I wanted to use nicotine to improve my focus and concentration. I was just planning on getting nicotine from like nicotine gum or something like that, but 
I remembered that I had my old e-cigarette laying around, so I pulled that out, and the battery was dead, so I thought I'd look around on the internet to see what else there was, and I realized how far vaping had come, and I bought a device, and it kind of just became a hobby from there. I, I just really got into it. Anyway, back to the article. So they point out here that nicotine is not classified as a carcinogen, that nicotine has a different effect on you when not paired with tobacco and the chemicals in cigarettes, and that nicotine may help prevent and or treat Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, schizophrenia, and ADHD. Okay, number eight. 10% of Americans used electronic cigarettes to stop smoking. According to a Reuters poll, 10% of U.S. adults vape. Number nine. If vaping is banned, youth smoking rates increase. The Journal of Health Economics showed a study performed by Abigail S. Friedman that found if you ban teens from vaping that youth smoking rates increased. This is for kids under the age of 18. In that study, they found that in places where they have banned e-cigarettes to teens that range from 12 to 17 years old, there was a 0.9% increase in smoking. And lastly, number 10, even the FDA has their own study. So the FDA is working with the National Institute of Health Population Assessment of Tobacco and Health to get more information about e-cigarettes. They've already completed their first wave of the study. They're going to do seven waves and the first wave went well, so that's very promising. All right, so let's go into my next segment, which I'm calling Regulations, Laws, and the Government. The first bit of news here is about Vermont okaying a 92% tax on e-cigarettes. Representative George Till, who's a Jericho Democrat and physician, argued that the proposal would discourage young people from using a harmful product. And he also has support from the American Cancer Society. Uh, Jill Sudhoff Gurin stated that the e-cigarette tax is a really good idea for a lot of many reasons. The primary reason being that kids are very price sensitive. It's being predicted that the 92% tax would double the retail price of e-juice from $20 to $40 a bottle, which would obviously drive customers to online purchases or to go to neighboring states. And that's going to put a lot of businesses out of business. The bill won a preliminary approval in the Vermont House and will move on to the Senate. It was expected to be debated over the weekend. I haven't heard any news yet about the outcome of that. But with an 8-3 to three vote in the House, things aren't looking good. Okay, moving on. So this next story is about Dead Mouse, the artist, the musical artist. He is suing a company called West Coast Vape Supply for their brand titled Dead Mods. Dead Mouse is claiming that it's too similar to his brand and that vapors are confused and thinking he's involved with the product. West Coast Vape Supply, they used a logo that looks almost exactly like Dead Mouse's logo. And obviously the name is, sounds pretty familiar too. So his lawsuit is for trademark infringement and false association. His legal team says they are seeking statutory and punitive damages and a permanent injunction to ban West Coast Vape from using dead mods. They've already given them a cease and desist order, which resulted in West Coast Vape removing the logo design from their website, but Dead Mouse's lawyers say that's not enough, and that the attempted changes do not negate the fact that they have violated and continue to violate the client's rights, and are liable for, among other things, trademark and copyright infringement and attendant damages. I almost didn't cover this story because I first saw it on April 1st. I thought it was an April Fool's joke, but Turns out that it's not. So here's another one of those stories where a vape company is infringing on someone's trademark and they got themselves in a lot of trouble. All right, this next one here is from Brad Rodu on Tobacco Truth. His article is titled, FDA Smokeless Tobacco Campaign is Incompatible with Science-Based Regulation. He mentions here that Congress gave the FDA regulatory oversight of the tobacco industry in 2009 and that the FDA's Center for Tobacco Control, the CTP, is engaged in an unfounded crusade against the products it is tasked to regulate. He calls out a tweet made by the CTP on March 18th that distorts the facts and read, Smokeless tobacco causes cancers of the mouth, esophagus, and pancreas. This claim is based on a three-page summary 
of a 400-page smokeless tobacco monograph from the International Agency for Research on Cancer. So they're cherry-picking evidence, and a lot of the data from that monograph doesn't even apply to Swedish and American products. That original monograph relies heavily on a 1981 New England Journal of Medicine article that exaggerated the health effects of powdered dry snuff use and falsely implicated moist snuff and chewing tobacco. And other studies that were cited by the IARC mainly come from India, Pakistan, Sudan, Saudi Arabia, Central Asia, and Africa, where smokeless products are far more toxic than in the U.S. and Sweden. And Brad Rodu here, he mentions that when the, all of the evidence is weighted, SNUS users in Scandinavia and dip and chew users in the U.S. have no elevated risk for any of these cancers. He also points out the CDC supports the disinformation campaign by failing to report deaths due to smokeless tobacco use, which is likely driven by the fact that the number for smokeless death is close to zero, and that obviously undercuts the government's anti-smokeless campaign. So as you can see, the FDA just can't be trusted to base tobacco regulation on scientific evidence. This article is talking about chew and dip mostly and snooze, but it's easy to see how it relates to e-cigarettes and vaping. Okay, let's move on to the tips and tricks section. So this first article here is a thread on Reddit asking for everyone's favorite best budget juice. There were a lot of great e-juice companies mentioned here. I haven't tried hardly any of them, but as we all know, e-juice can be pretty expensive. So it's really cool to have a list like this. Some of the companies mentioned here are Big Bottle Company, Northland Vapor, Paramount Vapor, Vapor in a Bottle. They do a flavor of the week, and each week they offer a 30 ml bottle for $4.99 shipped. Uh, let's see who else. HB Oats by Oasis Vape, RBTX Liquids, Mech Sauce, TheVaporHut.com, Blue Dot Vapors, BargainEjuice.ca for Canada, QuitThatGrit.com, You Got Ejuice, and VapeWild. And someone also mentioned a subreddit titled Free or Cheap Ejuice. There are a couple of lists on there. The two lists are really important. They're sticky at the top. I'll put a link in the show notes for that too if you want to go take a look at it. The first one is titled The Cheap 100 mil or More List. All of, everything in there is under $20 shipped, and there's 28 vendors in there so far. And then the other list is Anonymous Turkers which is the name of the user, free or very cheap juice list. Everything in there, from what I've seen, is under $10, and there are about 51 vendors in there. So a lot of great companies. If you're looking for e-juice, go check out those lists. Okay, so the next one here is about using ball bearings in your DIY e-juice. If you've ever made DIY e-liquid, you'll know that it can sometimes take a lot of shaking to get that the flavorings to mix up into the PG or VG. So a user on the eCigaretteForum.com posted a thread about using ball bearings. So this isn't something that I would have ever thought about because I'm a guy, but I guess nail polish bottles actually have ball bearings, stainless steel ball bearings in them designed for the purpose of mixing it up. So the person who posted this this thread came up with the idea of using it in her e-juice. So she bought a couple of three millimeter, 316 stainless steel ball bearings on eBay. She found that three millimeters wasn't big enough. It didn't work very well, but she decided to go up to six millimeters, threw two of them into a 50 ml bottle of e-juice, mixed it up and said it worked great. She said it mixed really quickly and she only shook it by hand. I think that's a really good tip. But also throughout this thread, someone mentioned that when they make big, large batches of their e-juice, of DIY e-juice, they use a milk frother. And if you've ever used one of those, it probably makes sense to you why that would be so useful. It's pretty much like having a little tiny blender. Um, and they're really cheap. You can get them for like $10. I have a couple of them. I bought one from World Market for, I think it was $8, and I got one from Ikea for $10. And another tip in regards to the milk frother, one user said that he took the frother tip off and stuck it in his cordless drill. So if you've got a lot of e-juice to mix up, there's some great tips there. All right, let's go on to the next story. I found this thread on Reddit from the user AB Dada. So he published a list of really interesting e-juices. 
this is designed for someone who is getting bored with their e-juice that they have. If you're looking for something different or unique, try some of these out. So a couple of them that he listed here. So number one here is Rumble Pups Batito. This is a mango guava cream e-juice. He says that the flavor is amazingly different from regular fruits and most tropical fruits and is a really good way to reset your palate. The second one here is Two Ohm Sixes Kier, which is a cardamom rice pudding. He says that the cardamom is strong and it's unique and the vanilla exhale takes your breath away. He says this is another great one to use to reset your palate. This next one here is from the user VapePGH, and it's called VCC Squared, which is Vanilla Caramel Crunch. It is a thick, rich version of a baked pastry. He says the mouthfeel is insane. When you get bored with the modern custards and pastry flavors that everyone else is, is making, try this one. Number four here is BX Vapors Fish from Finland. So this is a Swedish fish e-juice. He said that he didn't like it at first, so he threw it into his cabinet and then pulled it out one or two months later and found that it just came to life. Another palate cleanser, he says that it will leave your senses centered and neutral after just an hour of chain vaping it and then all of your boring e-liquids will taste good again. And then lastly, flavor number five, Imp Dust by Gremlin Juice. This one is a blackberry e-juice. He says it's not exactly fruity and it reminds him of a chalky sweet tart flavor. It's not sweet, it's not tart, but it's not offensive. So there you go, five really unique e-juices. If you're getting bored of the flavors that you got, try one of these out, reset your palate. Okay, this next one here, this is another thread on the electronic cigarette subreddit. This one is titled, Cotinine Test Results. Cotinine is, the, is what they test for to see if you have nicotine in your system. So the original poster, he mentions that he's been vaping 1.5 milligram nicotine for the past year, and was informed by, the, by his health insurance company that he needed to do a screening or he would get hit with a surcharge. So immediately he started vaping zero milligram nicotine and did that for six days and drank at least four bottles of water each day and did nothing else. And then on that sixth day, he did a screening and he successfully passed. And this was a blood test. So you might have different results if, if you do a different test. But if you have a test like this coming up, consider dropping down to zero milligrams. At least you can still vape. And just one thing I want to add to it is you still have to be careful because some zero milligram e-juices have been found to have small amounts of nicotine in them. But on the other hand, another user posted in here saying that he did three milligrams and was surprised by having to take one of these tests for his job or for his health insurance company. And even though he was doing three milligrams, he still passed the test. He did have some levels of nicotine in his system, but they marked him down as having exposure to secondhand smoke the nicotine levels were low enough to where they didn't consider him a smoker. So just some things to keep in mind there. And there was another tip in here from someone else saying that you could add one drop of a menthol solution to your e-liquid to give it a little extra kick if you can handle menthol. Okay, so let's move on to the next segment. This one is everything else. So first let's start out with a rant from Phil Basardo. He posted this on Facebook, on his Facebook page. He also put it on his blog, so you can read it over there if you want. So this one is pretty much a rant about the industry. He, he must have been upset about something going on in the industry when he was writing this. There are a lot of cuss words in there, and I'm not going to repeat those because then I have to mark my podcast as explicit. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tone it down just so you know. But if you want to read the unedited version, go check out his Facebook page or his website. So some of the things he mentions here is that as vapors, we're not fighting for your right to have childish effing labels. He specifically calls out a company called Subohm Juice who is selling an e-juice called Blue Waffle. I guess they have a cartoony label or something. He also mentions a company called F Jerry's. They have an e-juice called Cookie Monsters and has a and the logo on it or at least on their website is a like a three-eyed cookie monster looking character. And then he goes on to say, "We're not fighting for your copyright infringement, lack of creativity." And then here he mentions a company called Quickie E-Juice where they've pretty much ripped off 
the Nesquik label. He says, we're not fighting for your right to embarrass this industry. We're not fighting for those who say F you to all the advocates who fight for this industry. What we are fighting for is your right to not watch your mother, your father, your sister, your brother, your grandmother, your grandfather, or your best friend lay in bed dying of cancer. This is not fun and games. This is not free stuff and loud music. This is not cloud comps and half-naked women. This is life and death. And for all of you who throw sub-oming, high wattage, tricking, or cloud chasing under the bus, you too do not get it. We need this stuff. We need the cloud comps. We need events to be fun and exciting. It keeps people interested, engaged, and passionate about vaping and off cigarettes. But there has to be a balance. Where there is sub-oming and direct lunging, there must be high resistance and mouth to lung. Where there are giant clouds, there must be wisps of vapor. Where there is young and hip, there must be old and seasoned. Where there is the advanced vapor, there must be the noob. Where there is advanced gear, there must be starter kits. And where there is someone who vapes differently than you, there must be respect. It's not how you vape that it's important, it's that you vape that means the most. People need to see not only the trickster blowing O's and jellyfish, but also the older women who come in for her e-liquid and coils. Cancer does not discriminate. Death does not discriminate. We should not discriminate. The industry needs to understand how short-term money grabbing affects those who are concerned with sustainability and longevity. Event coordinators need to be aware of who is on their floor and ban those who embarrass this industry and jeopardize it. And then he ends it by saying, Let's wake up, let's grow up, let's represent this industry in the best possible light, let's realize just how important it is. Okay, so that's going to do it for this episode. You'll find the show notes for this episode on vapepassion.com. You can follow me on Twitter at vapepassion and on Facebook and YouTube. And you can also subscribe to me on iTunes and Stitcher. If you have any questions for me or if you have anything you'd like me to talk about or cover, uh, just send me an email, go to my website at vapepassion.com and uh, go to the contact page. And yeah, that's it. So I hope to see you back again next week.